Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. We're going to continue today uh, in our teaching series, uh, Healing Fractured Relationships. Uh, Today, uh, if you've ever asked someone out on a date and you've been laughed at or turned down, you know what today's topic is. If you've ever been refused acceptance by a group of people, you know something about today's topic. If you were not one of the cool kids in high school, you know about today's topic. If you were ever picked last or cut from a sports team, you know about today's topic. If you've ever been passed over uh, for a promotion at work, you might know about today's topic. Uh, If you've ever lost friends or lost relationship because you are a follower of Jesus, you know about today's topic. The chances are every single person in the room this morning knows something about rejection. Rejection. If I asked you to to call to mind a time when you were rejected, there's probably still some ache, there's still some memory tied to that moment. Whether that was this week or 10 years ago. But I want you to take heart today. I want you to take heart. Early in the story of Scripture, in the narrative of God's story and His interaction with His people, early in the account we find uh, one of the most profound stories of rejection, arguably in history, save the story of Jesus. This story is of a man named Joseph. It's one of the, the longest and one of the most important stories in our scriptures today, and that's, that's where we're going to begin with Genesis 37. So if you have your copy of Scripture, and I'd invite you to turn there today. Genesis 37, the story of Joseph. Joseph was, was one of 12 sons born to Jacob in the Old Testament. Uh, this family specifically are descendants of Abraham, and through them, ultimately, Jesus would come. These brothers, the 12 brothers, worked together tending the family flocks. Uh, Joseph, he was number 11 of 12. 11 of 12, and and he was his father's favorite. He was his father's favorite. Uh, He always seemed to get the best gifts. He always got the most attention. And it's not hard for us to put two and two together where this goes. His brothers hated him. (laughs) Like, a lot. Uh, One day his father sent Joseph to check in on the brothers, see how they're doing, how it's going with the flocks in the field. And as as his brothers see see Joseph coming through the field, uh, verse 19 records their response of, of Genesis 37. It says, here comes that dreamer. 
They said to one another, Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. And you thought your family was dysfunctional. Right? Like talk about a fractured relationship. Wow. You see, at this point in the story, Joseph is only a teenager, but, but God has given him a vision, a dream of the future, a dream of blessing and leadership, even having authority over his brothers. And you can just imagine that only fueled this fire of jealousy and hatred in his brothers' hearts. And their disgust and rejection of him was growing. It's, it's about to boil over in murder but as they're seething and fuming and thinking about what they can do like it's grace like they come to their senses and they at least decide that hey let's not murder him after all it's our own brother Uh, instead they they decide to throw him into a dry cistern or a pit I guess slightly better but they're essentially leaving him for dead they just didn't do it right then right what's funny they go to lunch like nothing ever happened Let's pick up the story at verse 25. It says, As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? (laughs) He's looking out for himself, even in murdering his brother. (laughs) What will we gain? Verse 27, come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Rejection. Being unwanted dismissed, looked over, in this case, sold (laughs) into slavery. Joseph's brothers, uh, from this point, they, they fabricate a lie. They tell their father that Joseph was killed by a wild animal. This rejection narrative comes to a close at the end of verse chapter 37 at verse 36. It says, meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Rejected. Sent away unwanted. For Joseph's brothers, this was final. Like they told, the, they told their dad, he's dead, he's gone, it's over. But rejection was not final for Joseph. Rejection was not final because man's rejection does not equal God's rejection. This morning, as we continue in our teaching series, Healing Fractured Relationships, We come to another fracturing that we have all faced at some time or another. Sorry, that just sent my mind down a different... (laughs) Anyway, uh, we've all encountered rejection and thumping on the other side of the wall occasionally. But here's the truth today. As we've all encountered rejection in this life and the pain and the, the difficulty that brings, rejection in your past only has the power you give it over your future. Rejection in your past only has the power you give it over your future. We all come to a series like this with different relationships, different stories, yes, different hurts that need healing. 
For some, it's a relationship with a spouse or with children or other family members. For others, it's, it's friends or a coworker or the neighbor next door. Whoever the people are in your life today that, that you are in relationship with, that you see as a close relationship, this series, this teaching is for you. It's for those relationships. We believe that all relationships matter to God and are worth study and prayer and earnest seeking Throughout this, this series, we're seeking uh, to, to dive into the Scriptures, to look to the Bible for tools, for navigating practices to guide us along in healing fractured relationships. Today, we're specifically, uh, our journey has come through conflict and betrayal, and, and today we're specifically talking about rejection. Rejection. It's another complicated, painful, but yet all too common facet of relationships that we encounter here on this earth. Have you ever been rejected? Have you ever experienced that in your life, in relationship? Maybe from a friend or a coworker, maybe a classmate. Maybe like Joseph, your rejection that hurts most, that stands out in your mind, is from your own family. You see, rejection can happen at work if we don't get that promotion. Rejection can come in something so simple as when a friend doesn't think to include us in a picture. Rejection can come through divorce, hard breakup or what we've come to know as ghosting, where someone just utterly cuts off communication. There's one thing about rejection. The closer the relationship, the deeper the pain. The closer the relationship that the rejection comes through, the deeper the hurt. You see, rejection, it strikes at the very core of our created being, and it hurts. It hurts. You see, we are created for connection. We are designed that way by God. We're created for connection, for relationship. We long to live with a sense of belonging. And rejection cuts across that created design. You see, our bodies are hardwired to respond to rejection. Uh, Data suggests that our, our brains actually interpret rejection like we would physical pain. So if you think about shutting your finger in a car door or hitting it with a hammer, how your brain, resp- like you're going to respond, right? It's hardwired. You're, Ugh! the same thing happens in our minds with rejection. We are going to respond. Our, our response uh, can take on the form of, of our minds filling with negative emotions. We can experience guilt and shame. Our response to rejection involves often aggression or anger. From there, it can often spill over into lashing out or seeking revenge. We are hardwired to respond to it. And look, I I don't know that any of us, anyone, ever chooses rejection. Joseph certainly didn't. But we do have a choice. We do have a choice when it comes to what we do with those emotions, what we do with those reactions in our life to rejection. In fact, what we're going to see today through Joseph's story is that God can turn rejection in our lives into a great story of redemption, a great story of redemption. That's Joseph's story. Let's let's join Joseph again. Let's fast forward to Genesis 39. Genesis 39, we're going to begin at verse 1. So this is is kind of a recap. So we we skipped a couple chapters there about Judah and some different things happening, but we're kind of recapping here at verse 1. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. 
Potiphar, who was an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials. So Pharaoh is king of Egypt. Potiphar is one of his officials. Like, he's somebody in the scheme of things. He's the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites and taken him there. Like, from the pit of rejection, we show up in Potiphar's house. That's all we have of the narrative. You see, we don't see Joseph processing emotion, do we? We don't see him dealing with the hurt, the guilt, the shame, the aggression. We don't see that. But I don't think we should jump to the conclusion that he didn't have to. That he didn't have to process that. I can't imagine his brothers pulling him out of the pit, bound and being sold to the slave traders, and not trying to defend himself. Why would he just go along with that? He's human. No, he's going to be pleading his case and telling his story, but he ultimately finds that, no, this rejection is final. And and what we see here is that there's some part of Joseph that has accepted rejection. And, And not that he's accepted that the evil behavior was okay, that that abuse was okay. He never has to accept that. But he does begin to accept and trust that his rejection is not final. He begins to trust that the Lord has not rejected him. You see, I think Joseph knew that in that journey as he is on the way, he knew he came to the place of faith and believing that just because his brothers and his family had rejected him and left him for dead did not mean that God had left him or rejected him. He knew that man's rejection didn't have the power to define his future. He knew that man's rejection did not have the power to define his future. God did. God did. He never equated how his brothers rejected him with how God would treat him. And that's critically important today. Let's continue in the story at verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. Stop right there. (laughs) Did you catch that? Five words. The Lord was with Joseph. The one who was utterly, bitterly, completely cut off and rejected from his brothers, the Lord is with him. Friend, if you don't hear anything else I say today, If you don't hear anything else out of the scripture, I want you to stop right here and hear this truth. You may be rejected by people here on this broken earth, but your Father in heaven says, never will I leave you nor forsake you. The Lord was with Joseph. You see, when when friends reject us, uh, when family rejects us, when work, when school, when sports teams, when someone we're in relationship rejects us, we need to remember this truth. God does not reject us. He is with you. He is with you. Let's continue in verse 2. He says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. 
Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted uh, uh, to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. Rejection does not have the power to define your future. God does. God does. The Lord was with Joseph and that his presence was evident to everyone around him. Joseph chose to trust God. He chose in those moments. He chose to continually live faithfully one day at a time. Trust God and do the next thing. Trust God and do the next thing. You see, he didn't allow that rejection, those feelings of hurt and anger and aggression and guilt and shame, he didn't allow all that to continue to define his story. He gave that to the Lord and said, I will trust you, for you are with me. The Lord was with Joseph. And the Egyptians, they picked up on it. They picked up on it. Potiphar, he wasn't the only person in Joseph's story who noticed uh, the favor that God had given Joseph. Potiphar's wife also takes a liking to him. And that begins to cause problems. You see, Potiphar's wife wanted to uh, have an inappropriate relationship with Joseph, but he refused. Remember, he's trusting God. He's living righteously. He's doing the next thing. And he says, no, 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 I, I'm not doing that. And so Potiphar's wife, she was rejected. And her response was to falsely accuse Joseph to her husband, Potiphar. And we record this, or it's recorded in verse 19. It says, when his master, this is Potiphar, uh, hears the story his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. You see, she's falsely accusing Joseph. Potiphar burned with anger. He's ticked off. Verse 20 says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. This is rejection all over again, right? He just stood up for doing what was right. Rejected. And like you're thinking, this is a high-ranking official who now believes you tried to have a relationship with his wife. You're done for. <laughs> like This rejection is final. Look at verse 20. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Man's rejection does not mean God's rejection. The Lord was with Joseph. Let's continue in the text. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph. Have you heard the theme? <laughs> the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. You see, in learning to trust God through rejection, through that time, Joseph found favor even while he was in prison. And, and let's not make any mistake about it. The brother is still in jail, okay? He, he didn't trust in God and plead in God's favor, transported him to a beach in Maui. 
Like that's what we want, right? Lord, get me out of this prison. Get me out of this situation. I want to be removed from here. But the Lord being with Joseph was with him in the midst of that false accusation, in the midst of that prison sentence. The Lord was with him. And friend, if you find yourself in that place today, maybe not a literal prison, but if you find yourself in that place where you're feeling that, like you feel that rejection, those things are not a sign of God's rejection. That prison did not uh, mean that God had rejected Joseph. Your circumstances today don't mean that God's rejected you. Just because it's tough. Look, there, there is, uh, there's no quick fix, easy do it for rejection. It hurts. It's going to be a journey. But in that journey when it's difficult and it hurts and it's rough, the Lord is still with you. As you're trusting Him, as you're seeking Him, He's with you. He's with you. None of those signs of difficulty are a sign of God's absence. Rejection does not separate us from God. A prison certainly can't either. Uh, We're going to take some big leaps in Joseph's story. Two years go by. Two years (laughs) of God being with Joseph in that jail. Two years go by. uh, Outwardly, like it probably looked like God had forgotten about Joseph, right? It had to feel that way some days. But Joseph... He makes that choice to trust God and do the next thing. Trust God and do the next thing. Through a series of events, uh, Joseph is ultimately called uh, before the king of Egypt to interpret a dream. God had given the king of Egypt this wild dream and nobody that he knew could interpret it, but they had heard about this guy named Joseph in prison. And so he's called up and uh, uh, Joseph, by the power and the ministry of God's Spirit, interprets this dream for the king of Egypt. And the king is so impressed, so impressed by the favor that God has given Joseph that he puts Joseph in charge of the whole land of Egypt. He only is under authority the king himself. He's the number two guy in the land. From the pit to the prison to the palace, God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. Genesis 41, 46 says that Joseph was 30 years old when he became king of Egypt. It's like, yeah, if only my brothers could see me now, right? This journey took Joseph basically half of his life. But God was with him. He made him prosper and blessed him in that journey. Rejection does not have the power to define your future. God does. God does. Do you know that there are some people who who allow rejection in the past, rejection from yesterday to rule their lives in the present? Some people allow the fear of rejection You see, if we fear rejection, we can be so paralyzed that we never take a step in faith. We never live in true trust because we're afraid. The fear of rejection. 
You see, sometimes we, we continue to give past rejection the power over the present moment. And we completely miss out on what God has in store for us. Because we keep giving rejection power instead of giving it to the Lord. What about you? How are you responding today? Rejection can be the end, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Rejection in our past only has the power we give it. It can be the end, but it doesn't have to be. So I was uh, working through this this week. Um, the Lord brought to mind a story from ancient history back when I was in middle school. A friend and a cousin of mine, uh, we decided to try out for the JV basketball team. Uh, we practiced that summer. We did all the things, the drills, the dribbling, the shooting, all the things. And we headed to tryouts uh, at middle school for, I think, eighth grade maybe, whatever that would be. Uh, we headed to the tryouts at the basketball court. Well, they're gracious to you the first couple days, right? Like, they let you play and run the drills and do all the stuff with the, the folks that are really going to make it. <laughs> they were gracious the first couple days, but in the back of your mind, you always know cut day's coming, right? Well, uh, cut day came, and trust me, we were one of the first ones out of there that day. <laughs> we were not basketball stars by any chance. Um, and that was rejection. Like, we were out of there. First cut. And you know what? I'll never forget that. Uh, not because of failure and being rejected from the basketball team. Like, I am way beyond that point in my life now. I know I'm not an athlete, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> but what I will never forget about being cut from the JV basketball team is how my cousin responded, how he handled rejection. Our houses were close together, and I'm almost certain we were riding home together that night after being cut. You know, all the emotions were hard. Remember, we're hardwired to respond to rejection. Uh, but my cousin Marshall says something like this. He says, well, I guess I'm going to go try out for a wrestling team next. I've got this physical, like, I might as well do something with it. Did he ever? <laughs> Marshall would go on to thrive and excel in wrestling. He won district titles. He won the state championship. He was at the top of his weight class when he graduated high school. You see, past rejection didn't define his future. Rejection didn't define his future. Uh, Marshall's story with wrestling didn't end with state titles and graduation. Uh, after high school, he, he would come back to the mats as Coach Smiley. Coach Smiley. Uh, I have a picture of him. That's Coach Smiley there, just left of center, kneeling to pray with his kids. I asked him uh, this week about this rejection. I didn't want to tell his rejection story without him being okay with it. <laughs> and he said this. He said, I had a low spot in life in wrestling a good many years back, and I had a crazy dream. I'm like, what, Joseph? No. <laughs> Uh, I had a crazy dream. He said, I believed it, it was a message from the Lord that I needed to bring him to the wrestling team, even if it meant I was going to lose my job. Don't let the fear of rejection keep you from your calling. 
I, I believed it was a message from the Lord that I needed to bring him to the team, bring him to the wrestling mats, even if it meant it was going to cost me my job. So we started doing devotions every Friday and we now pray before every competition. That's had a bigger impact on my kids than any wrestling I've ever done. He, say, he said, I've brought kids to Christ that came from families that never stepped foot in a church or believed. He said, it took me a while to understand the calling and it's hard when you have such a diverse group of kids with different backgrounds and stories. He said, but I feel God has me where I'm supposed to be for now. Coach Smiley didn't allow rejection to define his future. And you don't have to either. You don't have to either. Much later in Joseph's life, I would encourage you to go read Joseph's story this week. Later in his life, um, he got to reconnect with his brothers. Like they, they had to introduce himself again. And there's this whole story about how he handles that. And it's beautiful. He doesn't like exact vengeance or anything. He feeds them. He saves them. That's a, whew, that's a whole other message. Uh, but there's a story in Genesis 50 uh, where Joseph is talking to his brothers again. And he says this, he says, you intended to harm me. When you threw me in that pit, you were trying to kill me. But God intended it to, for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, uh, that vision, that dream that, that Pharaoh had was a dream of seven years of famine coming to the land of Egypt. Utter famine, destitute. Well, when he put Joseph in charge, Joseph began to save up, to store up. God had told him, you're going to have seven years to build up your storehouses and there's going to be seven years of nothing. And so that came true. And, and Joseph is the number two top dog and, and he's feeding the nations. <laughs> What you intended to harm me, to kill me, God intended it for good to accomplish what's now being done, the saving of many lives, literally nations. Past rejection does not have the power to define your future. Only God does. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God says in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Friends, today that, that rejection that we've experienced, that pain, those responses we've experienced, I know they seem powerful right now, but they don't have the ultimate power to define your future. God does. Will you allow him today to take your rejection and transform it into redemption? If we keep giving that rejection power, if we keep cowering away in fear, if we continue to live in that rejection state, we'll never experience the redemption that God desires. Will you trust him today? to step out of that pain, to step out of the past and just say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. 
And as we look to Him, as we seek Him, we got to trust Him and do the next thing. Whatever that is, do the next thing. Be faithful as a prison guard. Be faithful as the number two guy in Pharaoh's palace. Do the next thing. And step by step, moment by moment, see God transform rejection into redemption in your life. Will you trust Him? Lord, we thank You that Your power is greater than the power of rejection. That your redemption is greater than man's rejection. Lord, help us in this journey. Lord, you built us. (laughs) You know how we're hardwired to respond to rejection. And Lord, that's a journey. Lord, we need your grace in that journey, in those places. But Lord, we want to trust you We want to stop giving rejection the power over our present. We want to trust you and do the next thing. Lord, you are mighty to save and mighty to restore even our rejection. Have your will. Have your way. I trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.